0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is David Jagno from the Coalition.com Senior Editor, and we are here with the next and newest episode of the Turn-Based Podcast, the RPG podcast here at the Coalition. This is episode 28, and I am joined with my usual co-host. Go ahead and say hi.
1: Hey, everyone. How's it going? This is Gary A. Swaby, the podcast producer. Good to be back on another Turn-Based, ready to chop it up about some RPGs. And we're looking forward to Christmas right now as well, so um, season's greetings to all the listeners.
0: Which is also your birthday.
1: Yeah, indeed. You
0: are the black Jesus.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what everyone says. (laughs) But yeah, for that reason, you you all got to send me loads of gifts, unfortunately. So I'll give you my address at the end of the show, so you guys know where to send them.
0: Perfect, yes, it'll make things a lot easier. And you're probably watching some gameplay right now, if you're on the site or on YouTube. Uh, last episode, we started a new uh, feature, I guess you could say, for turn-based, where we're going to show some gameplay of games that we have been playing, just kind of in the background for you to watch. Um, it's not necessarily going to be relevant to what we're talking about, because that would require a lot more work and editing that we don't really have the time for. So instead, we just you know record while we play games, and we put it together in a video. Um, so you're probably watching Final Fantasy 13-2. Uh, you might be watching Neverwinter or some indie games. I haven't decided exactly what we're going to show yet, but it's probably going to be Final Fantasy, and which feeds directly into what we've been playing because that's what I've been playing lately a lot. I'm about five hours into that game. I finished the first one over the summer, and I'm finally starting this one up uh, so I can get through it before Lightning Returns comes out. And I'm liking it a lot. I'm glad that Gary finally convinced me to play the 13 games because I am um, I heard a lot of bad things, but I think most of those criticisms were unfounded for the most part and exaggerated. I think they're very good games personally, and I'm really enjoying them. Um, you know, we've talked about that series a lot on this podcast, and I definitely think um, it's different. It It doesn't necessarily feel like a lot of other Final Fantasy games, but I don't think that's really a bad thing. It doesn't bother me that much. Um, yeah, I mean, why don't you kind of talk about the game some? Because you played it a lot more than I have. You've already beaten it.
1: Yeah, this is my second time playing through it because you know I wanted to refresh my memory on everything before getting Lightning Returns. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, playing it this time around, um, I can really see how they they really made a lot of improvements to you know the core game and stuff compared to how it was with thirteen. Uh there's just so much more to do, um
0: yeah, and you know, I'm seeing uh, that a lot too, because I had the benefit of I just finished the first thirteen game like two or three months ago, yeah. so it's very fresh in my mind, so i'm I immediately recognized the little changes that they made that you know just makes it so much better, just the combat system alone, and I already liked the yeah. combat that was probably my favorite part, and they just made it better.
1: Yeah, and having the monsters as well, you know, that adds a whole new element to it, and it makes um, figuring out your paradigms a lot more exciting as well, because there's so many different types of combinations you can have.
0: Yes, and they made paradigm switching so much faster, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, because
1: awesome. that that did get annoying in thirteen with the little animation every time you um, change paradigms and stuff. So yeah, it's a lot better this time.
0: Yeah, definitely. More swift. <laughs> Yeah, of course you would say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Besides that, let me think. I've been playing some uh, random little indie games on Steam because I got my Logitech controller in the mail. So Uh, I've been using that because I've been wanting to get a good dedicated gamepad just for the PC. And I know you can set up a PS3 controller to do that, but I didn't feel like installing drivers and configuring it and going through all the hassle... And I'm not too much of a fan of the 360 controller, so I didn't want to get that. So I got this Logitech one. It's called the F310, and it has the layout of the PS3 controller. So the analog sticks are at the bottom. and has the same kind of trigger feel, all that kind of stuff. But then the face buttons are like the 360 controller, and that's good because whenever you plug it in, Steam, for most games, automatically recognizes it because it thinks yeah. it's a 360 controller, and so every, all the inputs are just recognized immediately. So oh, that's good. It, yeah, so it has the benefit of acting like a 360 controller when I plug it in, but not actually being one, which is good for me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I love Logitech. Like, I'm sitting here at my desk. Um, you know, I have a Logitech mouse, a Logitech webcam, my speakers. Um, the keyboard I used to use was Logitech. My mouse pad is Logitech. So I'm a little bit of a Logitech fanboy. So I'm definitely a fan of this controller, though. It works great. Uh, The games I've been playing with it, I played some Hammer Watch, very briefly. Uh, It seems good. I know we had Zeridian on a podcast in the past, and he talked about the game. Um, I like it. Uh, As far as non-RPGs go, I played a little Super Meat Boy. It works well for that game. And uh, the main one I've been playing over the past couple days is Volgar the Viking, which is a Kickstarter game. It's a 16-bit style platformer kind of like uh, Ghosts and Goblins or the old-school Castlevania games. It's really hard. Um, it looks like a Sega Genesis game, sounds like a Sega game. So I had to play that with the controller. And, it, yeah, the game is fantastic. Anyone listening should get that game if you like old-school stuff. It's pretty cheap on Steam. It's a lot of content in it, too. It's really fun.
1: So. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Um, I also got Hammer Watch, but I still haven't played it yet, so I definitely need to play that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's so. all like Gauntlet. If you ever played any of the Gauntlet games,
1: no, I haven't. Okay, well,
0: it, it's very easy to pick up and play and get into. Oh, and I went over to a friend's house last night and played some Starbound. Um, that game's been pretty popular recently because it finally went into public beta. Um, it's basically Terraria but with more stuff to do, essentially. You have a spaceship where you can travel to different planets. There's multiplayer um, that has all the crafting of Terraria, but it's more of a traditional game, so there's actual dungeons and loot and treasure chests you can get. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm going to wait until it's a little farther along, probably before I really try to get into it. It's still in beta, but it's pretty cool. So, yeah, I've been playing all kinds of stuff, <laughs> as you can tell.
1: Oh, you've been playing a lot more than me, because um, all I've been playing is 13-2, um, like I said, and some Pokemon, um, I made a lot of progress on Pokemon, I got my, um, uh, I think I, I got third gym badge now, but I also have my first Mega Evolution as well. Oh, which, which uh, one? Uh, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the Pokemon. Uh, That's been a really big they, moment they for you. Key.
0: You really, really remember it, huh? <laughs>
1: is it's got it's got a funny name but they give it to you like you get the pokemon after you beat the trainer who does the, oh, okay, the mega okay. evolution thing. Gotcha. Yeah, and they give you they give you the pokemon. But um yeah, I'm looking forward to trying out the mega evolution thing with, you know, a lot of different pokemon. I have Charizard now on my team. My um, oh, Charmander evolved, so I definitely want to try it with that cuz that's my favorite pokemon. So yeah, making a lot of progress on that. Um my friend actually wants to battle tonight, so I'm hoping that Ooh. this might be the first battle that I win cuz I keep losing. On my house. <laughs> and um uh, besides that, just you know, I play a couple of games of Battlefield here and there. Uh that's it really. I mean, I'm kind of in a depression right now cuz I don't have a next-gen console. I'm kind of, you know, Feeling the pain a little bit because I got, I actually got sent a lot of the PS4 games um, right, by yeah. the publishers, <laughs> so I can't even play them. Stuff like Assassin's Creed, which I really wanted to play, I can't even play it because I don't have the hardware yet, That's, and there's no point guess, in me buying it on I PC. Guess
0: it's a bit more tempting for you. For for me, I'm personally I'm feeling relief because now yeah. I have, I know I have more time. Like, uh, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to talk about some of the reviews I have coming up, but, I mean, those games, for the most part, have been relatively, you know, low intensity as far as amount of time investment. So, I, I'm I'm feeling a relief right now, because there's less games coming out that I really, really want to play, so I can focus on my backlog, which is something we talked about a lot last episode. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, this time is a, is a really good time for me and you, because, um, you know, we we have no choice but to play old games right now because, you know, we don't have any new hardware. So, yeah, this is the perfect time for us to catch up, and um, especially with the holidays coming as well. So, yep. Yeah. You just got to have fun
0: with it. Okay, so we actually have a lot of news to talk about this episode. It's probably going to mostly be the news topics. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on. Uh, one thing that I forgot to mention in the agenda we wrote is I just want to give a quick shout out uh, that we were correct in our VGX prediction of Nino Kuni winning RPG of the Year. Um, so, kudos to us. We are two for two for predictions on Turn based now. If you remember about the Kingdom Hearts uh, project, thing yeah. we predicted that correctly as well. So, uh,
1: See, yeah. We know stuff.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's that's proof. So that that's cool though. I'm glad Nino Kuni got it. Definitely deserves it. I'm looking at it on my shelf right now, kind of feeling guilty because I want to play it more. So I'm going to be moving on to that soon. Um, but, yeah. Other news, uh, more recent stuff. Uh, one of the biggest ones is the Elder Scrolls Online finally got a release date, uh, which is very big news. People have been waiting for that date. Um, so before, uh, before I give my thoughts, why don't you just tell me your thoughts on the date. It's coming out on uh, April 4th twenty fourteen for PC and I think a month or two later for consoles, but that, that doesn't matter. So <laughs> what, yeah, what, what um, do you think about this? Obviously,
1: obviously I'm um I'm happy it's coming out on PC first because, you know, I will be there day one. Um uh, I know it's got subscription, but I mean I think nowadays now that, you know, I'm working and stuff, making my own money, I'm more open to trying out, you know, um, subscription-based... Oh, man, you're balling now. As long as... (laughs) Nah, not really.
0: I'm
1: really not. I'm I'm broke right now. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm more open to trying trying out these subscription models as long as, you know, it's like a, a, a franchise that deserves it, like Final Fantasy, The Elder Scrolls you know right. i definitely want to give it a go uh i mean to be honest from what i've seen it doesn't look like it's going to be like the best MMO ever made but um just just there's, there's so much that they can do with the elder scrolls you know like the lore and everything so that alone just makes me you know excited to to try out and i know that you'll be there with me as well and we'll have a lot of fun playing it together so yeah
0: yeah you i mean based on my time with the game cuz i've played it I wouldn't say a lot, but I, I played it a good amount over the past few months, uh, both uh-huh. at you know QuakeCon and in the private betas and that kind of stuff. I'm, I've moved from cautiously optimistic to kind of concerned, is how I would describe my anticipation. I, I I'm definitely not. I mean, if 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 it came out tomorrow and I had to choose between. You know, playing that game or probably every other game I own, I would probably choose one of the other games I own. Um, I think that they are trying to do too much with this game. Based on the videos I've seen, a lot of the issues that I had with the betas haven't been fixed yet. Like the animation, just general character animation looks sloppy and bad. It looks really stiff, characters don't move well um it looks like the pvp they're trying to make it more than it should be because the game doesn't have combat the style of combat doesn't really support this type of like massive battles it's not like guild wars where it's like kind of actiony i mean it's real time in elder scrolls but i mean you played the game you know it's kind of slower paced yeah so I, i don't know and i'm i'm not really too excited about the pvp stuff and that seems to be what they're really pushing um, outside of the first, like, area in Skyrim, they haven't really shown or talked about any of the PvE elements in the game at all. Which is scary, because the game comes out in four months. And, <laughs> I mean, in MMO time frame that's no time. So, I, I'm a little worried about the PvE stuff, because we haven't seen hardly any of it. All of the betas I've done have been very limited. Um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm kind of concerned I am still excited just because it's Elder Scrolls, and it has so much potential. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's it might end up being mishandled, and it's probably going to be like Old Republic. It's going to be a really popular at launch because of the property and the IP alone, and the people are going to stop playing it after their like thirty or sixty days runs out, and it's going to go free to play in about a year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not going to lie. I can't see that happening. Um uh, I mean, as for the release date as well, uh, that's April, right? Um, is there any big releases coming out that month? I can't really remember off the top of my head.
0: Well, the thing about MMO releases is most players that are like MMO players don't play console games. So yeah. all of that stuff is pretty much irrelevant. And the in yeah, terms of MMOs, true. the next big one is Wildstar. And I think that comes out in the summer. And WoW has a new expansion coming out around that time as well. So they are kind of smart in getting Elder Scrolls out before that. And I think spring is a good time for an MMO to release cuz then once summer rolls around people have more time and they'll kind of, you know, they'll want to put more time into a game they've already started rather than pick up a new one. Um so they might yeah. have a little bit of an advantage there, but um yeah, I mean I I'm, I'm going to wait and see. I'll probably I'm sure I'm going to end up reviewing it and I'll probably get into some of the press betas and that kind of stuff, but uh, as far as actually playing it over something like Guild Wars or Neverwinter, it, it would take a lot, you know, to actually get me to do that. I think for me, like for you and I both, Guild Wars Two is like the good. It's like a good base point because we already own that game and it's not pay to play. So unless a game can force us to not want to play Guild Wars, then I mean <laughs> I don't see the point in paying for another MMO.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, my uh, subscription for Final Fantasy XIV, I think it it, it either already ran out or it's about to, but um, I'm definitely not going to resubscribe to that because I just don't feel like the content, there's there's not that much content in there, you know, to justify a subscription.
0: Well, and you've been playing mostly by yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. That too. I think, um, I mean... Maybe once they release some new content, maybe an expansion or something, might be worth going back into. I know a lot of people that do that with MMOs. They subscribe and play until their time runs out, then wait for new content, then subscribe again. Yeah. So it might be worth doing that. But, yeah, so Elder Scrolls Online coming out 4 4 14. I'm also guessing they did that to keep up the consistency in their release date, like they did with Skyrim. Oh, yeah, 11, 11, 11. Yeah, 4, four, fourteen. 14. It's probably just, that's one of the reasons, I'm sure, to be gimmicky. Which, for those interested, is a Friday. So, uh, that's good. There you go. All right, so there are two other release dates I want to talk about. Uh, one of them is a PS3 exclusive, and one is a 360 exclusive. Uh, the PS3 exclusive is Tales of Zestiria, I believe is how you pronounce it, the next Tales game. This is interesting because, first of all, um, Tales games have been multi-platform in the past. You know, they haven't always just been on Sony. There's games on GameCube, games on 360. So I think it's interesting that it's going to be an exclusive still. I'm surprised that it's not going to other platforms. Also, I'm surprised it's not next-gen. And the main reason for that surprise is because of the release date. They're putting it for 2015. And they've already confirmed it's coming to PS3. So Yeah,
1: I, that that is kind of crazy. I mean, like, who's really going to still be playing their PS3 in 2015? I mean, I know there will be some. You know, I'm not trying to um, put everybody in, in the same category as us because I know there are people who will rock out with the old console for years. Oh, yeah. But, like, yeah, I, I know there's people still playing PS2s out there. So, shout-outs to them.
0: <laughs> but, um,
1: <laughs> but I mean, see, this is a game I would have liked to have maybe try it out, but I'm definitely not going to try it if it's coming out on just PS3. So I'm hoping that that is at least the next-gen version as well.
0: well see, Cause, this is something that I thought of that, to keep in mind, though. Um, if Gaikai, if that streaming is out by then, then uh-huh. you might be able to stream it on your PS4 if you purchase it on PSN. Oh, that yeah, that that would be good. So, I mean, That'd that that good. might be an option, but yeah, I'm I'm baffled by that choice. I mean, first of all, it's odd that they would announce a game coming out so far in the future in the first place, regardless yeah. of the system. I mean, usually games aren't announced a year and a half in advance. I mean, that, so that's weird. And yeah, but that, that's that's what they've said so far. They haven't said anything about next gen. All they said is PS3 exclusive. So. Yeah, people love Tails though. They'll they'll keep their PS3 just for that game, probably. Especially in Japan.
1: Yeah, I definitely need to get into Tales, because, you know, from the way you guys talk about it, it seems like something I'd enjoy. I just you, need to you really bite, the
0: you should, bite the bullet. You should probably just play Zillia, because that's the newest one, and a direct sequel to it is coming out early next year. Okay. So that would be a good place to start. And then the Tales of Symphonia HD collection is coming out. So that would be good to get as well. But, yeah. Tales Games are good. That game's probably going to be good. And it's only on PS3. So that's the news for that. Uh, the last release date topic is Fable Anniversary Edition. Which I'm not really... I'm not surprised that this is happening. I kind of expected it. But I am surprised that it's only going to be on 360. I expected it to be on PC also. But they've said fable anniversary is going to be a 3c or 360 exclusive. Uh, it includes the lost chapters content that's previously been released I think only on PC and it's also going to be your typical HD update so better graphics, better sound, better blah 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 uh, achievements. I think if you pre-order it you get a lion head helmet for your avatar stuff like that. Um, i I personally haven't played fable one i really want to and i do own it on steam and i remember when the game was announced i fell in love with it i saw that i remember whenever i saw the cover for game informer come in the mail for that first fable game oh man yeah. it was the coolest thing ever with the little kid looking in the water and seeing himself as an adult i thought that was like the coolest thing and then peter molyneux you know the hype master extraordinaire talks about <laughs> you know chop down this tree changes the future forever <laughs> and then the game came out, and I read reviews, and I went into a friend's house, and he showed me it, and I was underwhelmed. Like So I kind of had a bad introduction to it, but I, I do want to play it soon, because um, I've heard it holds up pretty well. So I, hopefully they port over the HD version to PC, because that would be great. Have you have you played the first Fable, or any of the Fables, for that matter?
1: I have. I, I remember owning... um. The first Fable, um, but at the time I had like a really low-end spec laptop, and um, I remember it used to it used to be a struggle to run that game. So I I gave up playing it after like an hour or two, and then I never went back to it. Um, I should check and see if I still got it somewhere so I can try it out now. But yeah, I, I never because of that I never really got into the Fable series.
0: Yeah, I've I've had that exact same experience with so many PC games in my past, because until just about four years ago or so, I never had a capable gaming computer. I never had anything that could do, you know, any kind of gaming. So I would always try so hard to play games beyond my means. (laughs) I remember the (laughs) first time I got Morrowind on this crappy little Dell laptop, and I tried so hard to play that game forever, and it never would work until I got a different computer same thing happened with Oblivion. Um, I mean, EverQuest, I remember, back in like the late 90s, whenever I was really little and our house got its first computer, tried to play that, it wouldn't work. Um, yeah, a lot of bad experiences for me. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, the thing is as well, like, I actually, like, Fable was one of the series is I actually got my Xbox three sixty four.
0: Right. But I,
1: I just never ended up buying any of the games, so... I don't know why that happened, but oh well. But I would love to, you know, finally see what what all the fuss is about and, you know, play this one. So I I might think about getting it.
0: Yeah, and I would probably recommend just getting the version on PC because I'm pretty sure the PC version looks pretty close to what it's going to look like when they do the HD update. And it already has the new content. And the best thing about it is it's on Steam for just $10.
1: Oh really? Yeah, I might, I might have to do that. Yeah,
0: see that's without a sale. So <laughs> I'm I've I got it on sale probably even cheaper than that. So with the winter sales coming up soon it might be even cheaper.
1: Do they allow mods on that game as well?
0: It doesn't have Steam workshop support. So it's not okay. built into Steam, but I I mean it's an RPG on PC, so I'm sure there's modding. Yeah. There,
1: there's mods somewhere, you know. Oh yeah. Just yeah. just not through Steam. Yeah, you know, I mean okay.
0: I'm interested in playing it because you know it's a really interesting idea that you get to grow up through the entire game, and your choices determine you know whether you're a hero or a villain. And I mean, it's it's a really cool idea. It's probably been done better in more recent games because the game yeah. is pretty old. Um, you know, it came out on the original Xbox, so that's you know, it's at least it's probably about ten years old. And
1: yeah, has there, has, I'm sure pretty sure there has, but I can't think at the top of my head, but has there been, like, another RPG in recent times where, like, you start out as a young boy or girl and grow up into an adult?
0: Uh, I mean, I and, guess because they fall out three, but not really. I, I don't know if uh, you, I think you do that in Fable 2 and 3. I I never, I played Fable 2 briefly, but got kind of bored and stopped because I had other stuff come up, and I just I lost interest. And uh, 3, I've heard, is a little different. It has, um, like, you become king, and you actually get to manage a kingdom and stuff. So I've heard that one's kind of different. But yeah, I mean, it seems to be an underused uh, concept, I think. would I'm surprised um, that more games haven't done it. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an interesting concept that they can explore further. And in Fallout, it's really like just an introduction. It's not.
0: Yeah, great, it doesn't like, really affect anything. Yeah. Yeah, but let me read some of the marketing lingo for you here to, just to give you an idea of how ridiculous they make this game sound. Okay, choose the path of righteousness or dedicate your life to evil. Muscles expand with each feat of strength. Force of will increases with each work of wit. Earn scars in battle and lines of experience with age. Now this is where it gets really bad. These are bleed out just blatant lies. Each person you aid, each flower you crush, and each creature you slay will change the world forever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Alright. And I thought Mass Effect Three was bad. <laughs>
1: Yo, did Peter Molyneux write all that himself?
0: Oh, he must have. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely. So it's it's a little ridiculous. Um, uh, yeah, I I'd, I want to check it out though. I remember Fable two and three. I'm pretty sure had some limited co op, so that would be kind of cool to check out. Fable one's all single player though. But yeah, so that's getting an HD update. And we have two more pieces of quick news here. Like I said, you know this is going to be a very news-heavy episode. Um, first, this isn't necessarily specific to RPGs, but this site is well known for its old-school RPGs, and that's GOG.com. Good old games, GOG.com. It's uh, one of the best distributors of digital games out there. Because um, they mostly focus on older games that aren't really compatible with recent operating systems, and they update them and make them compatible, so you don't have to, you know, go through all the troubles of getting it to support your system or, you know, configuring it to work or running it through like a third-party program. All the stuff that PC gamers usually have to do to get their old games to work, you can buy games on GOG cheaply, you know, very cheap, five, ten dollars. And uh, it works right away. And it's DRM-free, too. So unlike Steam, where you have to log into your account and use it that way, you can freely use it and download it and install it on as many computers as you want. So that's why GOG is awesome. They also have amazing sales, better than Steam, really. I mean, they have like 80 90% sales, free games. They just gave out all the Fallout games for free like a week ago. Um, so they have all yeah. kinds of crazy stuff. But the news is is that they've launched a return program, which makes the site even more ridiculously awesome. Because if you download a game and it doesn't work, you can get a full refund. Yeah, yeah try to wrap your head around that concept.
1: Yeah, I think that's amazing. And um, it's like, you know, it's not really innovative because I've seen other digital distribution networks do the same thing. But like it really um shows you how, you know where the future is going because you know, now you you, you implement um returns and stuff, you know, that opens doors for a lot of things and I, I wish Steam would do the same. Once Steam does have something like that, then it will be like almost perfect. Damn near perfect.
0: Yeah, Susan, the, so. the thing is like Steam it makes more sense for them to do that because with Steam it is a DRM built in right so i mean they could just take it off of your account if you want to return it and you could access it again with gog it's really just an honor system i mean once you buy that game and download it you could put it on a flash drive and then say it doesn't work and get your money back yeah so i'm i'm really curious to know how they're gonna protect themselves Uh, i really i don't know i mean
1: you see i think like Gog has a really strong loyal following.
0: Oh yeah. And
1: I I think like even though um PC gamers, you know, they got they got like a bad rep sometimes like a lot of people think, all they do is pirate games and, you know, all this stuff. But I think when a company really does try and um look out for the gamer, you know, that people are gonna be loyal to them and you know, I I'm sure there will be the you know, people who do try and scam them and stuff, but uh, I think a lot of people are going to look at this and, you know, see the positive in it and support GOG.
0: I think and, so, too. You know, trying
1: not try and gain them.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. That community is really good, like you said. I th- I don't know if it's owned by, but I'm pretty sure it's, as far as Yeah, so it's owned by
1: the people who, who um, do with The Witcher.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So CD Projekt. Yeah, and they, they always release their Witcher games on GOG first. And they're fully DRM-free, you know, like, usually when people think of, like, DRM-free digital games, they probably would think of just indie games or old games, but, I mean, The Witcher is like a AAA, top-of-the-line RPG franchise, and they released that game for, you know, DRM-free on their website.
1: Yeah, and Witcher is another example, I mean, people pirated that game and then bought it because it was so good and they enjoyed it so much.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, the support is there from PC gamers if you, you know, put out quality um, services and games and stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, the reason why I wanted to bring this topic up on turn basis' is because, well, it's probably not going to be talked about on co-op because no one cares. <laughs> and also because GOG is pretty well known specifically for the old-school RPGs because they have, you yeah. know, all the Baldur's Gate games, all the um, Fallout... All the old RPGs that came on in the 90s, and you can't really play on current computers. And they have them to where you can download them and play them. And I think that's great, because a lot of those games people missed out on. I know I missed out on a lot, and I just don't really want to think about it, because that makes my backlog even bigger. So Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it's definitely you should check the site out. They have sales all the time. So I, I've signed up for their newsletter, so I get emails about them, because the, the sales are crazy. Uh, yeah. So, Gog is awesome, and their return policy is awesome.
1: Yep. Yeah. Take note, Valve.
0: Yep. Seriously. All right, uh, the last little piece of news is more Final Fantasy. We have to talk about that series at least once an episode. Uh, Lightning Returns has a Collectors Edition out now. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try to re-say that. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Lightning Returns has a collector's edition out now. Um, it, it looks pretty cool. Um, have you checked it out? What, what all it includes?
1: Yeah, it's got um, it's got like the artwork. Uh, that, it's an art book, right? And it's yeah. in like a. Um, uh, Do they have the soundtrack as well? Hold on, I need to pull this up real no, quick.
0: No, the, they have a version um, that there's... I think it's only being sold on their website for 90 bucks in the U.S. It comes with an 80-page art book. Uh, the, it looks really cool, and it has, like, never-before-seen, like, early character sketches and stuff uh, from Nomura. Then it has um, a pocket watch. With, oh, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, with the little, like, uh, crystal logo type thing. It looks cool, then they have a DLC code so you can get Aerith's costume. So, I mean, that's cool, more, you know, fan service. I think it's overpriced, personally. Yeah, I
1: mean, I I think I expected something more than this, to be honest. I mean, um, I saw like a Japanese collector's edition for this game, and it came with the the Lightning Returns Play Arts figure. Uh, It came with um, I think this was like an ultimate collector's edition though, or something, because it had all three games as well, like thirteen, thirteen two, and um, and Lightning Returns, and um, it had art, it had soundtrack, and um, yeah, I think that's it. It had all that stuff in there. Um, yeah, I, think... I don't know. I don't know what the price converted to those, but it was probably like way over a hundred dollars for all that.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, I'm. I don't know. Like, for me personally, the collect for collector's edition and stuff like that, like, obviously in our book, that's definitely a must-have. They really yeah. went all out with this one. It's 80 pages, so I guess that kind of makes sense for the price. But I really like, like, cool physical items, like statues oh. for me personally. I think those are really nice, very collectible. Yeah. And um a, a pocket watch is kind of... I don't know. It Feels like a little bit of a cop. Yeah, out. if they threw the
1: figure in there, that would have been an instant cop for me. But um, also, this is just the American one. Like they haven't even announced anything for EU. Uh, it will most likely be the same. But um, I, I just want to. I want them to hurry up and announce it though. And I've actually sent an email to my contact at Square Enix EU to see if like you know he'll let on anything. But I'm hoping they announce the EU version soon.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they will. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, it looks cool, though. I mean, the art book's pretty neat. I, I personally won't be getting it. Um, I, it takes a lot yeah. for me to want a collector's edition. So, yeah. Yeah, I
1: think at this point, um, I mean, if it if it does turn out to be the same one, um, I think I probably will still get it, but only because I bought the collector's edition for um, 13.2. Oh, what did that which, come with? That just came with art, like as well. Oh, okay. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't as great as this. It was just like um, you had little cards and stuff, and there was like a little 3D, uh, you know, those little 3D uh, moving images that you get. Yeah, like, yeah. It, when you move it, it, it moves and stuff. There's one of those with lightning's face on it, and the soundtrack as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that's a glaring omission to me. The soundtrack. Why? Why doesn't the this version come with the soundtrack?
1: Yeah, it should. It definitely should.
0: That's strange. All right, well, there you go. Lightning Returns Collector's Edition looks pretty cool. Game looks pretty cool. Guess we'll have to wait and see. I'm uh, definitely. I'm a fan of the box art. Have you seen the box art for the game? Yeah. I, cause, That's awesome. I I don't know. Part of me kind of wishes they just kept it the same style that they did with thirteen and thirteen two. Because it's very simple and clean, and it would look nice having them all look the same. But they had to go and mess it up, and change the naming convention, and make it all weird. I wish it would just Final Fantasy Thirteen Three, 3, but yeah. they had to go and be dumb and different. <laughs>
1: Square Enix, next week.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, it's cool. The lightning's back, so that's always good. Okay, that pretty much covers the news. There's a you know a lot of stuff has gone on in the past couple weeks. Uh, next is we want to talk on our spotlight topic, which will segue very nicely from Final Fantasy, because we're going to talk about game length, which is usually a topic of concern for Final Fantasy and other JRPGs specifically. Um, basically, I guess we can talk about. Uh, what is too long and what is too short? And um, yeah. what factors go into determining whether or not a game is good, if it's longer or if it's worse? Or, you know, just general discussion on length in general. Um, I'll kind of start it off. I'll say that a recent game I finished, Bioshock Infinite, I felt was too long, personally. Um, really? Yeah. I thought it was too long because the middle like three hours or four hours of that game added nothing to the story for me. It was, you know, you just fought waves of enemies over and over and over, and it felt (laughs) like they just padded the length. And for me, that made the game feel longer, because I think around 12 hours is a good length for a single-player game nowadays, but the middle portion of it made it feel longer than it was, and I think it was a poorly paced game, I guess is how I would describe it. Which is funny, because then I'll sit down and play a JRPG and put in 40 hours into that, and I'll feel like it was too short. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's an interesting dynamic. Um, Yeah, I mean,
1: role-playing games are just different in that sense. Like, you want them to be
0: longer and packed with content. What what do you think makes, makes it that way? Like, is it just the fact that there's more detail in the characters and story? Or, I mean... Like, what do you think makes it to where role-playing games feel like they need to be longer?
1: For me, personally, it's like, um, what I really love about them is the element of growing your character and, um, you know, um, leveling up all their stats and everything. Like, I like to be able to um, grind, Mm -hmm. and I like to see my hard work show so you know when there's a big boss battle and everything, you know I like to to feel like yeah I, I grinded so hard that I had no trouble beating this boss. And sometimes like I'll get beat by one of the bosses or by regular enemies, and just going away to grind some more and come back and defeat them like that is what makes it really feel rewarding. And you know to to, to get that feeling you need to be putting hours into these games. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I, that I, I think that's I think that's a good point, and I mean it's a very, very, very delicate balance between, um, between making the game to where it feels like you want to make it longer and you want to grind and you want to keep playing, and the game forcing you to do that. Yeah, I think that's you know the thing with art JRPGs especially is a lot of them force you to just go out and grind for no reason, rather than giving you the option to.
1: Yeah, it's, it's much better when it's optional. Yeah. Definitely.
0: And I think... Uh, but
1: see, there's a... Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say for MMOs, MMOs usually, they feel forced. For a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is um a challenge as well, I think, from um the, the developer's perspective, because not only do you have to offer all this gameplay... That you know um, adds up to all this length, but the story has to fit in there as well. Like you have to be able to come up with a story that will span, you know, um, fifty, sixty, seventy hours or whatever. And most likely, you can pad it out with side quests and dungeons and stuff like that as well. But uh, that that probably is a, a big challenge that a lot of developers now face in RPGs.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, just from <laughs> our brief experiences with RPG Maker and never finishing anything we start, <laughs> I can tell you right now that the hardest thing is balancing the pacing of the game. Like, yeah. I, I can't even imagine how people make these games that are 100 hours long and make it where it never feels like it's poorly paced. Like, that that to me is why like, JRPG specifically are some of the most impressive games out there. Yeah. Because... I mean, people that don't play them don't understand the sheer size. Like, if you sit down and play an Uncharted or a God of War game, that's a linear experience, and you only see what the developers want you to see. And it's so easy to pace that, because there's no variability, there's no scales, there's no levels. And, I mean, whenever people... What when people pull off with RPGs is incredible. I I can't even wrap my mind around how much work it must take.
1: Yeah, I mean... Because a great RPG, you know, it will have a lot of, like, secrets in there, like, secret things that you have to put the time into to discover. Like, a lot of the people who are just playing it for the story and just want to run through the game, they'll never see this stuff. But it's, it's the guys that really want to um, just get into this world and discover everything. You know, there's they put a lot of effort in there to, to make sure that, you know, there's things to explore and discover.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's great. I think, um, especially the Final Fantasy games always do a good job of that. You know, like the ultimate weapons and that kind of stuff and the secret side bosses and all, all those things. And um, they're really fun to, to discover. And I think that kind of stuff must be really difficult and hard because as a game developer, you want the player to see all the cool stuff you put in a game. So it yeah. must be really frustrating to put all the work into creating all this awesome stuff then players might not even see it.
1: Yeah, and see, you know, the the way um, video games work now is um, they have the statistics to tell who's doing what. Like, they can see how many people actually discovered this thing and that thing. So, you know, if if gamers are... If, if the majority of gamers are just running through the game and not even taking time to explore, then they might be inclined to just make more linear experiences.
0: As well, yeah, and I think um, there, there's this really good YouTube video from Revision Three where Adam Sessler talks about game length. Um, it isn't specifically relating to RPGs, but obviously, you know, RPGs are the longest types of games. And I th- he makes uh, some really good points about how um, you know just because a game is longer doesn't mean it's um, worth more. You know, like, if I pay $60 for a game that's 12 hours versus $60 for a game that's 100 hours, it doesn't necessarily mean the longer game gave me more for my money. And so I I think that, you know, we talk about RPGs and how they need to be longer for all all those reasons, but, you know, at the same time, something can be said for a game that's short, but doesn't feel like it needs to be any longer, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, uh, and... I haven't played it yet, but I think Lightning Returns might be um, the best example of that. Because I know there was a lot of complaints over it being like 50 hours or something. But to me, that game kind of seems like it only needs to be that length. Like, um, I don't think that Lightning Returns needs to be like a huge um, uh, 80-hour game or something. So, uh, especially because it's like it's the third in a trilogy, and, you know, how much further can they really go with this, you know, with this world at this point, especially when they're working on the next game, and, you know, you have the um, MMO out at the moment, so I think this this game is more of just a fan service for those who really did enjoy the world of Thirteen. so that game definitely doesn't need to be stretched out too much longer, I don't think.
0: Right, right. And, I mean, like, like you said, like 30 or 40 hours, that's pretty short by JRPG standards. But, yeah. you know, even going into other genres, you know, like looking at The Last of Us, for example, like that game I think was around 10 hours, something like that, uh-huh. 10 or 12 hours, you know, which is kind of short for $60, you know, and or Bioshock Infinite's another example because Infinite doesn't have multiplayer, you know. So paying that much money for, you know, an experience that last, you know, a couple days of playtime, is some people might see that as kind of a ripoff, but you also have to keep in mind with the pacing of the story and what they were trying to do and the story they're trying to tell. I mean, there are some RPGs that are on the 20-hour side, you know, or kind of shorter. And I I don't think that length is necessarily the key factor in quality because I think I would prefer a 10- or 15-hour game that's well done than a 40- or 50-hour game that has a bunch of filler content in the middle. yeah. I mean, that's me personally. Like, I I think for me, whenever I play games, especially RPGs, I, I want the story to feel finished. And not... I don't want it to feel like they're drawing it out unnecessarily, if it can be done in a shorter amount of time.
1: Yeah, uh, that's what's so great about um, Dragon Age as well, I think. Like, they do a really good job on that game, because um, you can... Um, You can just focus on the story parts, and the story is great in that game. Um, I'm talking about Origins, not the second one. Um, But, you know, you can just focus on doing that, on playing out that storyline. But there's also so much more content on the side. There's a lot of, like, DLC. There's expansions and everything. There's a a lot more there that you can explore if you want to put the time into into doing it. And, you know, I, I like when they... They uh, present it in that way. So, you, you know, if you don't want to spend hours of your life in the, on this game, um, you still feel like you've got enough out of it at the end, you know, whether it's, like, twenty, thirty hours or something. Yeah. But there's so much more there as well if you really do want to get
0: into it more. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's especially funny. If you look back at previous generations, like I'm looking on my shelf right now at The Legend of Dragoon. The game's four discs long, and I remember that game, like, I remember being around the 60-hour mark going, like, into the third disc. So, yeah, I mean, and the thing about those old games, I don't know what it is about them, but it feels like they're supposed to be like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Like, you know, Final Fantasy, The Legend of Dragoon, all those old RPGs from the PS1. Like, it, it doesn't feel like it's too long. And I, I can't really put my finger on why, other than just the storytelling. And it's even more impressive, because those games don't have voice acting either. Now, you're really just sitting there reading text boxes. But, yeah. I mean, there's, somehow, those developers are able to put so much personality into a hundred hour game that's just text boxes basically and some gameplay,
1: yeah, do you think the quality of storytelling like in this era has kind of um gone, gone down a little bit because uh like you said, I remember there were there were like games back in the day where there's no voice acting or anything, but the, it captivates you so much that you just want to keep going no matter how long the game is, and you know these days it's like um. You you sometimes you'll get bored, like ten hours into a game if you know you're, you're having a slow moment in the game or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I do think the quality has gone down. I think it's a mixture of things. I think, um, you know, back on the PS1, people knew what the limits of the technology were, so they knew that they couldn't you know make the graphics any better. They knew they couldn't do like a fully orchestrated soundtrack. They knew they couldn't. Put in online or multiplayer, they couldn't, you know, have to worry about all this stuff. And so they could just focus on making the game as best as it can be. And I feel like that's part of that's one of the main reasons why quality has gone down. Because, you know, back then, like the games were really made by the writers, you know, and then everyone else kind of made what they wanted. But now it's like people try so hard to make it as graphically impressive and hire like high profile voice actors to do the characters and if it it feels like the characters themselves lose personality and they just become voice actors now. If that makes sense. And yeah. you know, like whenever I play whenever I played Bioshock Infinite, I was playing as Troy Baker. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was Booker. I didn't he did that name didn't mean anything yeah, to
1: me. That, that's a great point you made there, because you know, this is like the generation where people started noticing voice actors like yeah no, nobody you know ever really did that before but now all of a sudden like these voice actors are becoming uh more popular than the the characters they play you know in the games
0: yeah and i think beyond is a perfect example if you look at the cover of that game it has ellen page and willem defoe their names are on the cover <laughs> but the game isn't about them it's about you know actual characters that are fictional but they've tried so hard to to put those Hollywood actors' personalities on the characters that it loses part of the meaning, and I feel like that's happening in RPGs too. Like, you know, for exa- like, uh, Tro- isn't Troy Baker Snow? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Snow. And so yeah. I well, you see. I, I didn't even
1: know that until I knew Troy Baker. Like, and then once I looked him up, then I saw he was Snow. So that was crazy.
0: Yeah, and then there's, I mean, there's other games like that too, where just the voice actor performance, like the way they deliver a line can make the line sound worse than it is if you were to read it, and it can take away some of the immersion. Like you know, if someone makes a weird laugh or if they say something odd or if there's a strange pause in a conversation, it can make the game seem worse than it is if you were just reading text. Mm -hmm. And so I think it puts a lot more pressure on voice actors and that type of technology and the graphics and production quality and that kind of stuff over... Just purely, is it a good story? And I think that, you know, you're kind of right that the quality has just gone down in general.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: It also takes down on the length, too, just because it's faster to talk than read, for the most part. Yeah, that's true. Which, I mean, we've already talked about how that can have good and bad side effects, so...
1: Yeah, I think the bad thing as well is that, like, now we're kind of spoiled as well because, like, now that we have so many games that are voice-acted, you know, going back to a game where you have to read kind of feels off-putting now, where, you know, back then it was the norm. So, you know, we've kind of been spoiled this generation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, And I think another big part of it is just that RPGs are kind of leaking into so many different genres now that, like, what makes a pure RPG isn't really known anymore because every game has RPG elements. And so it kind of blurs the line. And it also affects the length as well because, you know, you look at a game like Tomb Raider, which is like, you know, 10, 12 hours long, and they put in all those, like, XP and level-up elements to add more fluff to the game, but it didn't didn't add more substance. And that's, like, I, I enjoyed the game. But I will fight anyone that says that game had a good story.
1: Yeah, like, it was really trash. It.
0: <laughs> like, literally, the game was crash on an island, your friend gets kidnapped, and they try to turn it into some, like, channel for the goddess. <laughs> but that, that was it. There was no personality, there was no character development, There was there was nothing. The voice acting was bad, which probably took away from the quality. Except for Laura, she was great. But everyone else was, like, terrible. Yeah, I I agree with that. And yeah, I mean that happens in RPGs too. You know, voice acting can really really ruin a game. As Time in Eternity is a great example. I mean, the game was bad to begin with, but the voice <laughs> acting did not help at all. It was yeah, very bad. And then you know, Tales of Zillia, for example, that game has amazing voice acting. Yeah. Troy Baker is in that game, too. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. He, he does work.
1: That's the new Nolan North right
0: there. Yeah. I think Troy Baker is... This is very off topic, but I would... See, Troy Baker, to me, is more talented. I feel like he has more versatility and a wider range of voices he can do. Yeah. But Nolan North, I think, is a better actor. Oh, yeah. I feel like he really sells a role better than Troy Baker, but Troy Baker's more versatile. That's just my opinion. People probably disagree. I agree. Okay, well, nothing else matters then. (laughs) All right, so do you have any other uh, comments to add to the topic of length?
1: Um, I mean, like, how long would you... I know we kind of touched on MMOs already, but, like, how long do you think should be the standard for, like, an MMO storyline? Like, how many hours should you have to put into just that element? Because obviously, it's an MMO, you're going to explore a lot of other things, but.
0: So you're you know, talking just, just speaking to get through the, the, the story main quest, itself. Yeah. I think at least 100 hours. At the very least. Okay. Probably more. Because I. For me like in an MMO I don't think you should be able to just play the main story and go from the very beginning to the level cap. I think yeah. that would um cuz MMOs are about you know more than just this main story. You're supposed to go do other stuff. Yeah. So I think 100 150 is probably a good number for the main story because theoretically you should invest at least that much that much time in other things too. And I think um, Guild Wars Two did a pretty good job because in that game you can't just play through your main story because eventually it'll it'll get too hard where you have to go do other things. So I thought that, I think they did a pretty good job in that one of the kind of pacing and stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely because you can't you really can't run through that. I still haven't even beat it now.
0: So. I, I haven't either. <laughs> I'm on like level seventy six out of eighty or something.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm around the same as you, pretty much. But, yeah, I mean, that's all I really had to add to discussion.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of a critique of Neverwinter, because you can just play the the storyline in that game entirely by yourself, and you can pretty much go to the level cap. Oh, really? Yeah, so, I mean, it's a good and a bad thing. Like, it's good that they have that option of, you know, kind of single-player type content. It's very good, actually, because most MMOs don't. But then they also have a ton of other stuff to do as well. So, I mean, it's kind of balanced out that way. But I do feel like um, the game is a bit easy. It's, um, you, know, you can cruise through stuff pretty quick if you want.
1: Okay, I'm going to have to run through that real quick over the Christmas holidays.
0: Yeah, yeah, you definitely should. It's fun. They just added a new class. You can check out my preview of that on The Coalition if you want selfless promotion here (laughs) alright that pretty much covers it Uh, I do want to announce some upcoming reviews that you should keep an eye out for I don't know exactly when these are going to be posted because well I've been very busy and they're kind of late so (laughs) Um, all these games are out Uh, one of them is Blood Knights Uh, I'll just I'll save you the time right now it's bad that's really all I have to say about that
1: it sounds bad
0: yeah, it's bloody awful. Uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be my subtitle for the review. <laughs> uh, another one is a very good game. Uh, it's an East Tales of Ecclesia. I think it's a remake of the fourth game or something like that, which is like a prequel. Or so, I don't know. The games are confusing because there's so many of them, and all of them aren't out in the U.S., and so it's hard to really figure out what's going on. But this one is on Vita. It's uh, very good what I played. Very very good. It's kind of an action RPG type game. It's uh, very fun. Great graphics. Um, yeah, good game. Then the other one is Dungeons of the Endless. This one's in early access on Steam right now. It doesn't have all the content. It doesn't have multiplayer at all right now. It's kind of a mixture of it's kind of a mixture of like RPG and uh, tower defense type stuff. Um. I haven't played it yet. It looks pretty cool, though. So I'm probably going to uh, record some gameplay of that eventually and make a preview for it. So those are the three I'm working on right now. Uh, what about you, uh, Gary?
1: Me, at the moment, no, I'm not working on any reviews. Um, Lucky. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I do this yeah, to myself, so I can't really complain. But.
1: Yeah, see, I, I need to be more like you, man, because you, you know, you jump into all these different games that, you know, nobody's ever heard of, like, and you're just happy to to try them out. Me, I I don't even hear about these games, so, you know, I I can't even fathom um, wanting to review them.
0: Well, to be fair, the E series is one of the most popular in the world. It's just not that big in America. So that's not really an unknown game. But, yeah, I I know what you mean. I do that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And, unfortunately, a lot of them turn out to be pretty awful. So <laughs> there's that. I, I'm doing a civic duty. I'm letting people know that they should not play Blood Knights or Time in Eternity or all of the other or uh, Valhalla Knights three. That game was bad. <laughs> yeah, so
1: I remember those reviews.
0: Good stuff. Good entertainment. Alright, well uh that pretty much ends this episode. This is episode twenty eight uh, make sure you comment, please, down in the comment section below on the Coalition or on the YouTube video. Let us know if you want to see a certain game featured as our uh, gameplay video while we're talking. Uh, we'll talk about it in that what we've been playing section as well. Uh, just leave a comment for any game. I mean, just, you know, any any generation, except for PS2. I don't have a way of capturing that. But <laughs> Besides that, like any generation, um, any any platform really we'll try to play some or record some gameplay of it um yeah just let us know um maybe you're a developer and you want your game featured uh just whatever we you know we want to start doing gameplay with our podcast so uh, hit us up and just recommend a game and we'll try to feature it but sure. that's about it so thanks for listening or watching and we'll talk to you again in about two weeks
1: all uh, right happy holidays everybody